0: Welcome to the OP podcast for entrepreneurs who want to find more meaning in life and more profitability in business. Today, you'll hear from an entrepreneur just like you as they share a tip or two about optimizing life and business. Let's join the conversation. Hi, this is Lyle with Optimized Profitability. Today, I'm here with Sean Dell, my new friend. I love to meet her. Um, She's a mom of two. She's got a one-year-old and a five-year-old. So if you hear some noise, you may have a little one running around somewhere. Um, She loves helping financial institutions, specifically in content writing, things like newsletters and blog posts and things like that. But more than that, she loves talking on podcasts to help entrepreneurs in their journey. So I'm looking forward to hearing your story today, Shondale. Tell us, what's what's your story?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Uh, So I started, I'm originally from uh, Toronto, Canada. And, um, I had, uh, so my business got started, uh, because i had a house that a property that i was living in and i had a rental property and i paid both of those mortgages off in a fairly short period of time and i think i told maybe 3 of my friends and one of my friends um she just you know got so excited and said you have to help other people to do the same thing so i thought okay, you know why not and um she suggested that i start a blog and i didn't know what a blog was at the time i just you know i was like whatever what she explained to me what a blog was and how you know it could reach a wide audience of people and i thought okay well it sounds good so i taught myself how to blog created a my own website on wordpress and um just started blogging and over time my uh, blog started to get popular and i was a part of that whole personal finance community and um at one point uh, redbook magazine started contacting me radio stations started contacting me just wanting to hear my story And then that led to me working with a lady by the name of Gail vaz oxlade She's the Susie Orman, but of Canada. And um, once I started working with her, companies started contacting me, wanting me to write for them. And I was still, I still had my full-time job at the time. And um, so I couldn't handle all of the work that I was getting. So my husband suggested that I hire some writers to help me out with um, the writing. And then I thought, you know, I don't even think I'm that really of a good writer. There's got to be better writers out there. And then I could focus on, you know, managing the team and the marketing which is more my strength. So that's what I did. I just, um, hired some writers, hired some editors and, um, we continued to grow the business, and then I brought the business here to Atlanta, Georgia, simply because I've, I've wanted to live here since for like thirteen years. I've always loved this place. I've wanted to live here for so long, so it just made sense um, that we could, you know, just bring the business here, and uh, and here we are today. And we um we're more niche specific now in terms of who we write for. Now we we mainly write for just financial institutions. Before we were writing for everybody until I realized, you know, it, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's easier to just focus on one niche. And and we just chose financial institutions because that's my background. Um, I'm actually a qualified originator in Georgia as well. And I have my license in Ontario. So it just kind of made sense since my whole entire background is working with banks and credit unions and mortgage brokers and things like that. So it's just a nice fit because I understand that world. And um, and that's how we got to where we are today.
0: And what was that mindset you had to go through to change from the corporate job to doing a, a, a business?
1: Uh, it was... I realized um, early on because I've always had a biweekly paycheck since I started working. So I realized in order for um, meets for a business to work for me, I needed to figure out how to create a way where money was coming in consistently and not just you know whenever. So that was when um, I decided that uh, we needed to. Put people on monthly retainers because that was the only way I was going to be able to hire if I knew exactly how much money was coming in, so we we did that really, really early on, only took on clients that needed monthly retainers um, and just also what i I had to move from. Thinking like an employee to an employer. That was very difficult for me because I've always been an employee. So even when I was hiring writers, I was still thinking like an employee. My husband had to say, you know, you do have to schedule meetings. You do have to, you know, lead the team. It's not just you hiring writers and then you kind of say, okay, just write this. No, you have to have more of a structure. So he really helped me to structure the business and to think, you know, just he, he the, what he said to me was just like how things were organized when you work for the company, you've got to now create that order in your company. So you have to structure things. Um, you have to have meetings with your clients. You have to know what your clients want. So he was really just telling me that I had to create processes and systems, put systems in place so that the, the business could run efficiently. Um, and that's what, that that took some time because he would keep saying, you know, did you guys have a meeting? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so what are they doing today? Ah, uh, I think what I told him to do last week. So it was, just, so that, that really did, like he has the patience of Job because he was just always on me with, you have to structure the business in order for it to grow. So that took some time, but you know, we're, we're, we do have meetings now. So, um, it's much better now, but that was the biggest mind shift for me was, uh, moving from employer to employee to employer.
0: And when you started having those meetings and everything, what'd you have to go through? Did you have to just kind of say, I'm boss now? No, or... it, I never do that. <laughs> I hate that.
1: I don't even like me. I don't even have unnecessary meetings because I used to hate meetings working mm. in the corporate world. Like I, we don't have a meeting if there's no need to have a meeting. Um, but no, I have an outline of what we're going to discuss. Usually, you know, it may be a larger client um, that we have to, that we're bringing on board and we got to discuss the logistics on, you know, what we're going to write, how we're going to write this type of content. So the team is aware. Um, so it's very strategic because, and it's not, you know, I don't have hour long. I hate meetings. So, and, and I think my staff does too. Um, so I just don't like unnecessary. There's no need to, if there's no need to meet, we're not meeting. Right. So, um, so you no, know, I, we, we have an outline and I got that from the corporate world. They there mm. was always what we're going to discuss. Um, so usually just a few points. Just so they're not, you know, I, I would be, go to meeting sometimes and there was like 20 things we're going to discuss and I'm, you know, I'm tuned out after the first one. So I don't usually have more than two, three things that we're going to discuss in one meeting. And then yeah, we just keep it going, but I always have an outline of what we're going to discuss and they are, they're aware of that so they can come.
0: All right. Let's let's take it just a step further, because a lot of people may be new and they've never had to have meetings before. And this is new for them. Do you send them an agenda to for the meeting? Yes. You send it to everybody. And how how advanced do you send it? Do you send it two days advance? You give them seven yeah. days?
1: Um, Usually just a day usually just a day uh, in advance. Um, usually, well, even before we meet, we're having discussions anyways. Like we talk a lot through email and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we have an internal uh, system that our IT guy created. So we, we talk through that as well. So they're usually aware that, cause I'll say, you know, let's meet on this cause we have a few things that we're gonna discuss. So they're usually aware that we're gonna have a meeting and what we're gonna discuss. I just make it, you know, more organized. And so these are the things we're gonna discuss. We're not really gonna go off of that just so the meeting doesn't get drawn out. Um, So they're usually aware of what we're going to talk about. And then I just send them an agenda, you know, a day in advance. And um, yeah, we just go from there. Maybe a little bit if if I need to get their input on something or if they have questions that they're coming with, then I'll send them it, you know, a little bit. I'll give them a little bit more time because if I need some feedback uh, or if they're going to send some questions that I need to prepare some answers for, then I'll send it a little earlier. But usually for the most part, it's just a day.
0: And do you recap the meeting afterwards and send it to them?
1: uh not no i'll send them a recap of the notes um and usually it's recorded anyway so that and that that's posted so they can go and go back over it um but yeah i try to do things so it's not you know too much like i'm very simple Mm -hmm. so they the recap is there and they can go and read it over or watch it again if they want to um but yeah that's usually how we do it
0: cool Awesome. And what are you doing right now in your business that you feel like is helping you to win in life and in in, in business?
1: Building better relationships. That is uh, hands down. Um, That's that's been a change, like a huge. That's been a life change for me. Um, And I take that in every area of my life because I was not really big on building quality relationships growing up like I would have friends and things like that and people in my life but now I, I really pay attention to the people in my life the 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 uh, clients that we have like I want to get to know people on a personal level I want it to go beyond just us writing for them like I want to get to know people on a personal level uh, that's so important to me that's what life is all about and I wish I had, and I'm, I'm you know instilling that in my children my five-year-old because I want her to you know um, just love more, just care more, just you know, place people first. Um, mm-hmm. is really what I want to get through to her because I didn't do that growing up and I've had to learn that, you know, I woke up and said, you know, I don't have- enough friends or I don't have enough good quality relationships. And it's my fault because I'm the common denominator. So I had to change that. And it's great now because now, you know, I've got clients and I get invited to all these different things and it's great. And that comes from getting to know people and realizing, you know what, well, we have something, we both like to play basketball. Let's go play basketball on Sunday. So it's, it's just, you know, building quality relationships is definitely been the game changer for me. And it makes me happier because I love people. I love hanging out with people. I love getting to know people, um, especially since, you know, I'll, well, people seem to be fascinated with my accent here in the South. So it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> a conversation starter, right. but I, like my mom is from Jamaica. My dad's from Africa. I was born in Canada and now I live in Atlanta. So um. I'm very big on Meeting people from different places, like I just love it. Like it's just nice meeting people that are so different from me, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're we're so similar, but at the same time, we grew up differently. We may look different, but I just love meeting people that are just you know different. They think different, you know. I love that.
0: Yeah, the cultures we can learn from each other. That's so. Yes,
1: yes, that just makes us. That was part of the reason why my mom, because she was born in Jamaica. Uh, and then she left Jamaica and moved to Bahamas and then moved to Canada. But the, a big reason why she wanted to live in Canada is because it's so multicultural. Like in t- Toronto actually means the meeting place. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different cultures. Like you can literally, like if you're a foodie, you can eat food <laughs> Monday. You can eat Japanese food Tuesday, Italian food. Like there's so much different. There's so many different kinds of people there. And that was part of the reason why she wanted to raise her children in Toronto, because where she grew up, there was just, you know, one race There wasn't really, there were a few, but not as much as Toronto, you just meet so many different kinds of people. And she loves that she wanted us to grow up and learn, you know, different mm-hmm. cultures, taste different foods, just be a part of, you know, different worlds in the same city.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Totally. So you're talking about relationships and we're in 2020 and everybody's got different versions of how far, how close they can be with people and all that stuff. Yeah. What are some things you're doing right now that you didn't do a year ago to make those connections?
1: I mean, I'm in Facebook groups. I, Facebook um, and groups. I'm, on, I'm on LinkedIn, um, all the time. My ideal customer is on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I, um, to, to build relationships on LinkedIn, I will, um, I've got sales navigator. So I will save, um, my ideal customer I connect with people every single day and then I'll save them in sales navigator so I'm notified every time they post something on LinkedIn and then I'll go in and if I could provide value I'll comment on something that they and I do that every day I take 20 minutes and I do that every single day and that helps me to build relationships with my ideal customer and then I post on LinkedIn every single day as well and one of my assistants helps me with the post. Um just so we can we try to post like five times and I'm trying to bring that up to ten times a day mm-hmm. um but that's what we do to try to build relationships. we connect with people every day um I post on people's um uh, my ideal clients' uh posts every single day and then we also post things on uh on linkedin every day as well and I'm in Facebook groups. so um and I'm in well, I do. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, some for mm-hmm. personal and then for my business Facebook groups. I go in there and if I could provide value, if I can answer questions, I do that as a way to build our brand as well. So right. since we're not able to meet as much and then I get invited to um, some of our clients, like I just um, was a, a judge for a Halloween party in October for okay. one of our clients. So that was tons of fun. Um, so things like that will do. Uh, I'll do as well. I love being a part of things like that because that just gets me in front of them, even though, you know, normally I would just go into the office for that. But since, you know, people are working virtual and we're doing the social distancing. So those are some of the things that I do to try to still, you know, have that relationship with uh, people and with my clients.
0: Okay. So I'm going to ask you a very specific question because you said you spend 20 minutes. A lot of people get in there and they get sucked into Facebook world, especially if they're a new entrepreneur, what they do is they get their mindset. I've got to get in there and they just, they're there all day because they feel like they're doing something, but they're not yes. accomplishing anything. Yeah. So how do you get that in there and out of there in 20 minutes? You have a system set up. How do you do that? Yes,
1: I, the, I can't remember his name, but he is, he, he, the, the creator of ClickFunnels said this mm-hmm. so well. His Russell name, Brunson. Russell Brunson, that's it. He said, You want to be a creator in social media, not a consumer of social mm. media. So you don't want to be consuming the content. You want to create content for social media. Right. He captured it so well when he said that he, he articulated it better than I just did. Right. But that's what he was saying. And and I really am big on that because you can get lost in social media. Yes. So I literally will um set my timer to spend twenty minutes in there. And I do Surprise, that every pie. single day. And then um, what I do is I'll take two hours a week. And I'm usually on a Monday morning, or if I have time on a Sunday evening, I'll do it. I try not to work on Sundays, but because the kids have been home, but um, I'll take two hours a week and I will create all the posts for like a whole week. Or sometimes I can create enough for two weeks. Um, And then I use Buffer. Mm -hmm. excuse me and I schedule them in buffer um and then I have enough posts for two weeks so I don't even have to think about that and then I'll just schedule the 20 minutes to get in there every single day and interact with my ideal customer so that's what I do for um that's the system that I have
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and it works it works pretty well because at least I'm active and I'm also engaging with um, my ideal customer
0: and it's the Pareto effect however much time you give is how much time you're going to spend there Yeah, give yourself a time you have forever in there. All day.
1: Oh yeah, and that's and the thing is that's the job of these social media sites. They want you to be consuming as much information as possible, so you stay on there all day. And it's easy to do, that, especially Facebook. Facebook is brilliant yes. in sucking you in. Like I will, I, I I'm. T- they must listen to our conversations because I will be talking to my husband about mm-hmm. something, and I see an ad on Facebook, right. and I'm just like, really. And I, I get caught in caught into it because I bought stuff from Facebook ads. So yeah. it's just, you know, so I really I'm really, you know, mindful of that, especially since, you know, we're business owners, too. so And we advertise. Mm-hmm. So I'm really mindful of, you know, the amount of time I spend on because it's so easy to get lost. And it's it's fun. There's so much interesting stuff on there. Nice. But, you know, I, I could be reading a book and learning something new. So I got to, you know, I put my timer on and that. That helps me a lot.
0: That's smart. Yes. So what would you, what, what tidbit, what tip would you give an entrepreneur who's just getting started? They've never been in the real entrepreneur world. They've always been in the business world, or the corporate world. What tip would you give them to help them take that next step to become more professional and a better entrepreneur?
1: Um, There's a lot of things, but I think one of the big ones is um, know who you want to target and get where they are um, and build relationships with them. For example, um, I, I'll just give you an example because we write for financial institutions. So what their their target market is uh a lot of them, their target market is first time homebuyers. So um I the ones who we work with some smaller ones that um they know who they want to target, but they're not sure how to um build relationships with their target audience. And I will tell them you have to go where they are and be a part of the conversation that they're already having. For example, first-time homebuyers, there's a ton of Facebook groups on first-time homebuyers and they are in these Facebook groups wanting to know what's their minimum down payment, what's the minimum beacon score that they have to have. Right. You know, they, they want to check out different neighborhoods. They want to know what neighborhoods should they be thinking of buying in. They want to buy in an area that has a good school district. So things like that, they're talking about all these different things. So you want to be where they are talking about it. So whoever your target audience is, find out where they are, if they're on forums, if they're in these groups, go to these groups and provide value. When they're asking questions, chime in there and answer some of those questions. A lot of these groups, you can't advertise your services directly, but you don't need to if you're providing enough value. If you're answering the questions that they have, and then you want to make sure that um, on your Facebook page or LinkedIn or wherever your, your your target audience is, you make sure that you have exactly what you do on your profile with your contact information, with your website information, so that if you're in these groups answering enough questions, they will eventually raise their hand and possibly um, ask if they can message you directly or go on your Facebook page. So you can put whatever you want on your Facebook page, all of your information to make it easy for them to connect with you. So that is what I would suggest you do. And when you do that, and you just be a part of the conversation that your ideal customer has, you're listening to what they want. And then you could provide that to them through your product or your service, if it's a good fit, because all you're doing is just bridging the gap between what it is they're asking for it, and the product or service that you have to sell, you're just bridging the gap. They've already said they want it. So now it's just makes the transition so much easier. And that's great selling in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You find a solution and add to the value. Value is key. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can only do that if you know your ideal customer, if you've built relationships with them, you know them just like how you know your friend, you know what they want. And that's just because you've spent time with them. You've talked to them. So Mm -hmm. you hear what they want. So that's why I say these Facebook groups are huge because it allows you to get into them and see what your ideal customer wants and stay in them. Now this does take a few months to really get to know them because you're you're looking for patterns um, and then take it a step further and start creating content, answering those questions. So you, you, it's a whole marketing approach that you can take when you when you do this. But the more you know your customer, the better it is because then you know the better able you are to serve them.
0: I agree. So we're going to take this conversation a little bit deeper talking about relationships. I've already talked to Shondell. So you want to go to Optimize Profitability. You're going to look for episode number 18. Look for the name Shondell. And we're going to be talking specifically about how to deepen those relationships. And you get to know her a little bit more. We're going to have a great dynamic conversation. So make sure to join us at OptimizeProfitability.com. Thanks for being on with us, Shondell, and I'll see you in a minute.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the OP Podcast. Join the conversation on Facebook or look us up online at OptimizeProfitability.com. And always remember, you were born with a purpose. Now, go live like you believe it.